now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. See, a United States Astro Robot becomes a creature of death. And these. We have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. From class to the cult, so the cheese in between, the movies are B. The entertainment is grade A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. And I am joined, once again, by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Good morning, Jay. Today we have the third installment of a major franchise. Friday the 13th, but it's in 3D. Yeah. A.K.A. Jason Gets His Mask. And we'll talk about it right after this. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. Friday the 13th, part 3, in 3D. A new dimension in terror. It will scare you. on it.
13th Part 3 was released August 13th, 1982 with a 95 minute running time. Your director again is Steve Miner. Remember Steve Miner did Part 2. Uh, Steve Miner was on in a producer kind of role for Part 1 when Sean Cunningham was doing it. Uh, the writing credits go to uh, uh, Martin uh, Kitrosser, Carol Watson, and then, um, you know, uh, uh, Pertu uh, Popesi is uncredited. Your characters, of course, are based on uh, the characters created by Victor Miller and Ron Kurz uh, from the original. Your producer is Frank Mancuso Jr. Now, those of you who have watched um, any of the Crystal Lake memories have seen a lot of Frank Mancuso Jr. talking about this was his baby. So Frank Mancuso Sr. Uh, was executive, was one of the main bigwigs. I think, I think he was president of Paramount at the time. Um, and he had to sign Frank Mancuso, his son, onto this project, keep an eye on it. Because, let's be honest, as much as people would love to say this didn't happen, uh, Paramount realized very quickly that these little tiny movies they could make for a few million dollars was going to turn, you know, ten times the profit coming in. Um, so your um, music, of course, is Harry uh, Manfredini is back, um, and Michael Zager also gets credit as well. The production company is Jason Inc., but of course distributed by Paramount Pictures. On a $2.2 million budget with a $36.7 million return, at the time, was until... Until you get to one of the other, uh, like Jason vs. Freddy, you can't even like count. That thing made in the hundreds of millions of dollars. This was one of the highest grossing, uh, this was was the highest grossing sequel of all time. So on a two, two, $2.2 million investment, 36.7, so 18 times return on investment. You couldn't print money that fast. Right. Um, originally, uh, this story, just want to throw this out there, was supposed to focus on... Uh, at the end of two, uh, Ginny, uh, Ginny Field winds up uh, surviving, right? And they take her away. This was supposed to originally take place at the insane, ins oh, not insane, I shouldn't say that, at the mental yeah. hospital where they take her, right? Because she's, she's suffering from all this post-traumatic stress. And then it was supposed to be Jason um, now going through and killing everyone at the hospital. Um, that was actually... Uh, that was the original idea. Then the idea was that he was going to menace her there, but then she was going to return to college. And he was going to follow her there. It just kind of got a little convoluted. Um, and the problem was, was that a lot of it just, you know, they just didn't see how this could work. And then Amy Steele said no, which was the kicker. Why you weren't going to make this? Cause Amy Steele wasn't coming back. Amy Steele, of course, playing Ginny. Um, Friday the 13th was released theatrically in 3d um, and it's the only, obviously the only film in the entire series to ever be released in 3D. Um, and, you know, some of you might say, well, what about the remake? Didn't they put that out in 3D? There's a 3D version of it. Um, and that also is what, you know, 35 years later when every movie was available in 3D at some point. But it, it certainly wasn't released in 3D. Um, and then you had uh, the idea that um, 3D at this time, this is 1982. So at the, you're right around this time you're getting... Uh, um, Jaws 3D was right. coming out. It wasn't out yet. Uh, this is actually the first horror movie to be released in 3D. Yeah. And what Frank, Frank Mancuso Sr. had said, we need a gimmick. I mean, I don't know why you need a gimmick, but he needs a gimmick. The, the, the gimmick they were trying to come up with, what was the gimmick that was going to come back? And they said, everything keeps coming back, this retro idea. They said, what about 3D movies? Because the, the camera used in this movie was the first time ever that this camera was used um, it's much lighter, allowed to move around more, but you had to act directly into the camera. Yeah, that, 
that it, the note what I noticed because uh, I, I didn't watch it in 3D. You could see where the 3D was supposed to be. Where they, they take the pitchfork and it's coming at you. This reminded me of the House of Wax in the 50s, mm -hmm. where with the guys hitting the paddle ball and it's coming. And it's obvious what the 3D effect was supposed to be, but 3D with with these little gimmicks, that's fine. But it doesn't really move the story along. If you need, if you want three dimensional, it, you you really need to broaden the screen, and and get the uh, the, the three dimensional effects that way. But again, it, that's it doesn't detract or add to the story. The story is what it is, and uh, we're going to get to it. So uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Three is also the first movie that unseated ET at the box office. ET was number one for week after week after week. This opens ET falls out of the number one spot, and uh, outside of Poltergeist. No other horror movie grossed more money into the in, in 1982 than this movie. It also is the third most attended, with over a um, just shy of 11, oh, just over 11.7 million tickets sold. Right? This tells you just well. It also speaks, I think, volumes to the amount of money tickets used to cost. Back, you sold 11.7 million tickets, and you only have 36 million dollars in profits. Right. Nowadays. You know, thirty-six million dollars in profits. You sold like a million tickets. Yeah. Like yeah, tickets are so expensive. Nineteen eighty-two. Three dollars. Three dollars. Three dollars. Yeah. yeah. Full, full, full price. Three dollars at night. Um, yeah. Um, and it was obviously uh, followed by you know eventually part four, which is the uh, well not called part four. It's called the final chapter. Anyway, so um, what we get with Friday the Thirteenth Part Three uh, was uh, the the idea of the marketing campaign of pushing out the three D um, one. Obviously, it has nothing to do with Jason, but Friday the 13th Part 1 kind of established Friday the 13th as a, a possible franchise. Part 2 established Jason as a character, even though it's still Sackhead Jason in Part 2. Um, and he's much more kind of like the... He, he looks much more like he's out of the hills. The hills have eyes than he does out of what we would eventually know Jason Voorhees to look like. Um, it became very, very marketable. This was known as a very hot date movie at the time. I mean, it's August, so it's right before school started up. A lot of teenagers going out on dates. Um, there were still drive-ins back in 82. Uh, so this movie played in a lot of places. It opened nationally. This isn't being put out. So for those of you who know your history, this isn't news to you, but some of you it might be. Uh, Halloween, we all know, was made on like nothing, on like couple, you know, couple, you know, what, what not even a hundred thousand dollar budget, and it wound up being the most successful movie until Blair Witch eventually took over that title for most return on investment at all time, right? And then Friday the Thirteenth was made on a really, really low budget, but it became such a word of mouth movie, and and people loved it so much they had to get out there and get to it, which is what leads to. Uh, we later see the slasher boom of the 80s, and then eventually, like, I mean, let's be very honest here, um, you know, certain things had to come together, um, including Wes Craven, you know, and uh, Sean Cunningham, who are friends, uh, eventually talking about the idea of Nightmare on Elm Street, and the Nightmare on Elm Street movies became insanely profitable, um, but that's a different kind of animal than the, the Friday the 13th. Uh, what you had here with the 3D gimmick was um, the, the the actual 3D glasses that were handed out have become super hot collector's items because no one kept them from 1982. So if people had them still, those are super uh, sought after in the horror community. Um, also, uh, what you had here was you had other movies trying to then say, we should go to 3D. Um, you know, Coming At You was really the first 3D movie that was not designed to be, it's not a horror movie, it's kind of was there. But then there was a 3D boom at this time. 
And some people look back at it like as a big, you know, like, oh, it was so, it was a joke and whatever. But they really thought this might be the next craze. And if 3D had caught on back then, the way 3D became a thing recently, but now the technology is much better, obviously. It's not, you know, red and green or red and blue and whatever kind of thing. Um, even to the point where the Blu-rays of this come with 3D glasses inside and you can watch it in 3D. You don't even need a 3D Blu-ray player, just a regular Blu-ray player. And you can put on the glasses and get the experience like it was 1982. And if you want the full experience, you should spill some popcorn on the floor, um, have a couple people making out. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, when you're all done, try to get up out of the seat and your feet are stuck to the ground. Anyway, here we go. Following the events of the night before... A badly injured and unmasked Jason uh, goes to a the lakefront store for a change of clothes. That's basically what he does, right? right? So okay. this takes place. The, okay, so timelines are weird in Friday the Thirteenth, right? And that's part of the problem. People are like, "Well, shouldn't he be like fifty years old?" Timelines are weird. You have to one hundred percent buy into the timeline. If you buy in that every movie takes place and whatever, you're fine. This one takes place literally the next day, right? So that doesn't happen anywhere else in this series. I mean, years pass, whatever. But, you know, this is the next day. So we're to believe that Jason Voorhees, who has now lost his mask, because remember, that's the end of two where he bursts through the window. Which, Okay, so if the, sh the shocking end of one, that scared people. That's the carry ending, they right. call it, right? When Jason bursts through the window in part two, People lost their minds. But you had to know what was coming. I think what people lost their minds about was he was, since the sack was off his head, you saw the full reveal of the kind of lumped up, you know, mm. hillbilly looking guy, whatever kind of thing. Um, that ending, people to this day talk about being so scared of not the original fine, but like when they finally saw Jason Luno, because they were old enough now, now that maybe they didn't see Friday the 13th part one, but they saw this one in the theater that people were terrified. And they told everyone, you got to stay today and got to stay. And cause I don't know did people walk out of movies early back in the day, but the yeah. other thing was you got to stay to the end. You got to stay to the end. Now we say you got to stay to the end of the credits. Cause credits. we know what's going to happen. There was no credit scenes back then, but that scene right there, which is shown in the beginning of this movie, they recap, the end of the movie, they recap, um, you know, uh, they Ginny uh, tricking Jason into believing it's his mother and all that. And I mean, that's okay. There's a way to get you going. And then, of course, now you go into the story of Friday the 13th, part three. And of course, the credits come out into the screen and whatever. And it's like, and then we get the shop owner and his wife. Um, and oh boy, if you thought this was going to be high class, I don't think so. Right, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, you're not supposed to care about them, they're just fodder. Right, but you're supposed to care about the kills, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. But, but again, it, 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 you're expecting. I mean, then when you know Jason's is is lurking, right? But the these two people that, that you wondered, they're shop owners, and they come across as being like the the wife is. I mean, she's sitting in the chair. She looks like with her hair in the curlers. I mean, well, she got a house coat. She's on the, on the couch. She's right. she's and, and cro she's knitting. And the husband is 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 picking at the the, the, the way, food the, and, in the store. Yeah. He's opening a package, taking a bite of a drink, or whatever it is. I it, it was just okay. Okay, so the whole point of that is that they they they're really backwoods kind well, yeah. of thing. But again, it's we got to remember it's 1982. 
So the whole point is this is that would okay. So a store like they're running would not be that un uh, that would be that out of place in a really rural part of the world in yeah. the late seventies. So uh, a perfect example. So like um, in um, good gravy. Like I'm trying to think even even like a newer movie like like the new movie X. There's literally this scene where they go buy food like to go out uh, before they go out to go get you know what happens in that movie happening right. They go into a store just like this like like. It, it's just a little yeah. like, but if you had, but if you're on the lake, right, and, and it's a lake store, right, they probably don't have business half the year. You don't have whatever. It's so, you're not supposed to care about them. You're just supposed to care about what's going to happen to them. Right. I mean, to me, I'm watching this in five minutes. I'm saying, okay, they're going to die. Yeah. And so, the, Harold and Edna were not designed to be at the end, Ed. Right. No. No. So, no, no, no. Not that they're supposed to be at the end, but again, the. The, the whole modus operandi of, of, of this movie and, and and all of them is that get a kill in right away and don't don't drag the audience you know 15 right. 20 well, remember they also opened this movie by showing you the climax of two yes so they got you ready to go and now you're like all right now because now because even if you have never seen two and now you're like well, I gotta see three I mean which sounds weird but people did that back in the day right not everyone I mean people still do it now trust me people go to a Marvel movie without having seen the 15 to 27 other movies you need to watch beforehand um, but like people would say like oh okay so you're you're like oh I remember that that was really cool and your, your adrenaline gets up and then you have him with the pole with the 3D effect right. and you know the whatever the fake scare with the rabbit you know kind of thing where it's supposed to be there and she's yelling at him and you're like Oh, okay, so you know, not that you're supposed to feel bad for Harold because he's not exactly the most cleanly person, or Edna, right? But of course, he gets killed, and then she's out there complaining that he doesn't ever take, only takes his own clothes. What happened? That's where Jason gets his right. new clothes from, and then she's like, "Where's my knitting needle?" And you know what's coming. So the knitting needle, which of course is a is an homage to Halloween, because what is Laurie Stroud, Laurie Strode, excuse me, stab Michael with the knitting needle in the neck. It doesn't kill him. It just kind of slows him down for a minute, right? But that's a straight homage to that. And of course, now that they're both dispatched, we can get to the actual people who are supposed to be the right. story because they're just there to give you kills in the beginning. So meanwhile, uh, Chris Higgins, that's a girl, and her friends travel to Higgins Haven, which is her old home on Crystal Lake to spend the weekend. Now, you get... A motley crew of people you're not supposed to care a lot about, right? Um, we have the supposedly pregnant Debbie, right? She yeah. says she's pregnant. We don't know if she's pregnant. I mean, she keeps saying that, but we don't know, know that she is. I mean, you kind of would hope that she's not because you kind of figure she's going to die, but whatever. You know, it's the 80s. That stuff, you know, seems to be okay in these movies. Um, the Where are we here? Her boyfriend is Andy, right? And he's kind of like you know, uh, fill in any 1980s kind of like, you know, jerk. There he is, right? Kind of thing. Then, of course, we have Shelly, who's the prankster. Now, funny story about Shelly. Uh, you look at him and you go, wow, he doesn't look like he's kind of part of the same crew. And he's not. He was, they, he got the role because he could juggle and oh, was really, right? Like, yeah. But that's where he got the role. He, he They saw him performing on the street. They go, hey, can you do that? He goes, yeah, you want to be in a movie? Yeah. And people... Shelly is one of the most, dis he is the most divisive characters in this. Whatever you might think about other movies, good, bad, part five, whatever kind of thing, Roy and all that other stuff, Shelly is either loved or hated. The entire fandom either loves him or despises him. And I fall on the side of loving him because 
He is he is every single nerd in that audience who can't get a date on a Friday night, who's just going with a bunch. He's the third, Weird. fourth, fifth, and sixth wheel yeah. often. He's the guy who's just with the group going Friday night. Everyone's going to the movies Friday night. He's the guy who's just tagging along. Oh, just let Shelly come. Like He's that guy. Yeah. And everyone in that theater who's like that is like, oh my God, that's the guy. At conventions... His line is insane. Not not Kane Hodder. I mean, Kane Hodder, you know. But his line is insanely long. Because people want to come up, oh my God, I was you. And they're all older guys who were probably teenagers. Because he was a teen. He was a young teen in the 20s. Right? And they're like, oh my God, I totally identified with you. And to this day, he's got no hair now. But he looks exactly the same. Yeah, I got to tell you, I mean, when you first meet this crew, okay, um, I, we're now fi- I'm about 15 minutes into the movie, and I'm. I said, okay, did, you know that every one of these are going to die, or maybe there'll be one survivor. I'm not sure, but I, I was getting a little antsy. I said, come on, just move the movie because these actors are pathetic. Uh, even the lines they're speaking are they're not thespians in any sense okay. of the imagination. The lines come out almost like they're reading it off a cue card, and you're right, Shelley. He's he's well. He's the, probably the uh, you know the, the 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 fun factor here because he's doing all of these. Well, he's pulling pranks. He's pulling pranks that they don't find funny. Right. Right. And, and but they, and even the ones that so you're watching this thing, and I I'm agreeing. I don't find those things funny. At some point, he's going to get punched in the face. But that's the whole point. Yeah. Because but, see, but this is what you got to remember. See. It, you're seeing this for the first time 40 years after it happened. Right, yeah. In 1982, those guys, those guys still exist. Except nowadays, you can't say anything to them. You can't do anything to them. Otherwise, it's a hate crime. Um, literally, like if this movie was made today, I'm not trying to be mean, but like they would have someone be like, you can't say anything to Shelly because he's this or he's whatever. Right. And, and that's fine. But in 1982, it was not unheard of for people to make no. homophobic slurs and no, to act things and to be and because his hair was curly, assume certain things about him and all this other stuff. Yeah. I didn't, and I mean, let's face it, he's heavy set. Everyone else is real skinny, skinny right? Yeah. He's he, he he's the he, antithesis. But of, of he's the, the opposite of everything they yeah. are. I mean, I, the, all they didn't have to. I mean, they could have. I mean, well, I mean, they could have gone into other things. That, but it was very easy to set him out as being very... He looks bigger than everyone else. He looks like he's the older friend. But what we're getting is that, again, they're all in college. right? This isn't high school. This is college. And in college, let's be honest, you meet a lot of different people in yeah. college. I mean, the thing is... Wh- but he's, the he's Andy's is, roommate. Yeah, but the, the, that's about the only reason why he's with this crew. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the thing... So I, I'm watching, I'm saying, okay, uh, we're, not, we're not getting Macbeth here. And so that, my mindset then went to, okay, let's watch this movie now and, and, and see where it goes. Get the thing to keep but, in mind. Hang on one second. Keep in mind, in the original, that was Sean Cunningham or whatever, they yeah. went and got, who are the most up-and-coming actors who need a right. break? Right. And that's how you get Kevin Bacon. That's how you get... Now, some of those actors and actresses eventually didn't do a whole lot else, but some of them went on to be successful producers and some right. whatever. But I mean, And there's Kevin Bacon. But the idea was they went to New York City and said... Give me young up-and-coming actors. This was an open call. And by this point, the movie had a fake title. Once Friday the 13th Part 2 hit, every single other Friday the 13th movie had fake titles on it. So they had to do that because every single young actor wanted to be in it, but they couldn't afford 
Right. The Kevin Bacons of the world. Because those people started making, you know, John Hughes movies and making whatever. Yeah. They couldn't afford names. So they wanted to get people in. It, remember, you haven't gotten the part four yet, but Corey, Corey Feldman's in there, right? Kind of thing. And the whole point is he eventually became a star. But that's what they're saying is like they couldn't afford right. people. I mean, so they're trying to get young actors and actresses. Yeah. And not everyone's up to the par. Not everyone's rolling out. You know, like, no. hey, I'm going to go make a million movies kind no, of thing, I, you know? that's what I mean. They, they, to me, the, uh, the, 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 that, that's, that's about basically the, the main, the main yeah. floor is the, the acting. But you know what I really liked about that? I like that Scooby-Doo van. Well, okay. So let's talk. So there's a reason for that. Um, of course, they now, uh, we have Shelly, and then they pick up his blind date, which is Vera, who doesn't like Shelly. And it's pretty easy to see why people don't like Shelly, nor that it's this girl who's now getting a blind date. And what's the first thing he says? She goes, she goes I'm Shelly. Sorry. He apologizes immediately. There are so many guys in that audience going, that's me. Right. That's me. Yeah. I'm on the wheel, right, kind of thing. And I guarantee you, everyone there was hoping that Shelley was the guy who survived. And there's a whole, the other half of the audience is like, man, kill him now. Kill him, like, now. Right? And then, of course, in the back of the van, which is why you need the van, because yes. it's on fire. You have Chuck and Chili, who are smoking pot. Right. They're the two potheads. Yeah. And you're thinking like, huh. Now, let's slow down for a second. Some of you are thinking like, but Jay, like, this is all these tropes that are in every single movie. Yes, except they didn't exist yet. This is what establishes your tropes. When you watch a movie now and are like, hey, that's the stoner guy. Yeah. yeah. Here's the slutty girl. Here's this. Here's the nerd. Here's the virginal girl who has to survive. Why do those things exist? They exist because of these type of movies that establish this. It's a, it's a formula. Yeah. The, for those who have never seen, um, oh, the slasher documentary, it'll come to me in a second. Um uh, and it, now I can't, I've read the book and I move in. I can't think of it. They talk about when they started making movies, timing the kills and right. like graduation day. Well, we need to have a kill every this many minutes. And they literally with a stopwatch, you can time out the kills. Kills have to occur. Everything like that. That idea was originally stolen from porn, which is exactly when you remember maniac who made maniac, right? The will lusting. Right. He's a porn director in Maniac. There's a kill. Now again, there's there's good story there too. But yeah. how the kills happen? Then there's story. The kills happen. It's set up like a porno. It sounds weird, but it's true. You have to get. You have to bring the audience up, get them there, let them come back down, get them up again. And in Maniac, those kills aren't like needle to the eye. No, no. There. No, no. Let me let me scalp this woman no. after I've now beaten her. Yeah. You know. Maniac is certainly not a fun... So these movies are shown in cut forms, but they're shown like on... And not even cut anymore. FX movies shows these, whatever. They never show Maniac. You can't. Even to this day, as some of the blood Maniac might be whatever, just just when he blows Savini's head off with the shotgun, you can't show that on television. The same way the movie The Prowler, for those of you who want to listen to The Prowler, go listen to the Vault episode where we talk about it. When they, spoiler alert, blow his head completely yeah. off, it's Savini again, shocker, right? Yeah. The, 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 there's, there's certain things that happen in every one of these movies. If you took a stopwatch to slasher movies, yeah. they are by the numbers. Why? Because those movies produce money. Prom night, graduation day, uh, even even the biggest biggest people say the biggest uh, swerve in the or the biggest ripoff in the world is hot tension. No, no, it's April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day is the original rip you off. The whole movie is a joke. It doesn't actually happen, right? Sorry if you haven't seen it, Dad, but it's true, right? The, that's but people complain that hot tension 
because at the end of Ha Chan, the way the movie turns at the end, remember, like, you know, kind of thing? Yeah. And they're like, well, that's a big ripoff. No, 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 no. The ripoff is April Fool's Day. Yeah. And people say, no, it can't be because that movie's supposed to be all fake. Except, except if you knew the actual ending was supposed to be 10 more minutes and they actually start getting killed because the girl goes crazy. But I digress. Anyway, so now we have our band of uh, slaughtering people who could be slaughtered. Okay, so anyway, after running into a man named Abel, who warns them to turn back, and this is the guy, they, they almost run him over on the road, and he has the eye from one of the one of the, the victims from the night before, which is establishing it is the night before, right? Um, the gang meet Chris's boyfriend, Rick, at their destination. Now, Rick, super creepy moment. He's waiting on her inside that. Well, by the way, Chris, I think I've mentioned this, is a girl, just in case you're thinking, like, what? Chris is, must be short for Christine, right? He's waiting on her and, like, like surprises her in the house by like grabbing her and stuff and it's a jump scare but it's nothing it's a nothing jump scare but it's there to kind of like get you going all right fine so shelly of course pulls a bunch of pranks that no one finds any funny and then find it funny and then vera is going to go to the convenience store to get uh some supplies shelly says take me with you which of course she's like no and then she's like all right fine well now they got to go to the convenience store right so at the convenience store, because everyone else is down at the lake skinny dipping, so Vera's going to run in and get the supplies, and Shelly goes with her. The throw of the wallet at the convenience store into the camera, it's one of the 3D effects, right. took 20 takes because they had to get it timed perfectly directly into the lens, but not hitting the lens. They tried to redo this later on, and like, and it goes. They finally got like three or four. And he goes, he goes. It took forever, yeah. and it, it, which is no. But again, Dad, it's yeah. one of the things that people remember about the movie is the the flip of the wallet. It has to go right into there, right? Um, but anyway, be that as it may, uh, we are at the convenience store now. So now Shelly and Vera can have their moment together, and he's like, "Well, she's like, well, why do you do these dumb things?" And he's like, "That's who I am. I just no one likes me otherwise, right?" And we meet the biker gang, the three bikers, right? And I know you don't like them, but they have to be there because there has to be a reason. Yeah, but I think because they needed three more people to die. Nope. That's not the reason. That's not the reason. I'm going to tell you the reason in a second. So the three bikers are there. It gives... Now they have the interaction where Vera had... You know, they take, take the wallet from her and right. it's whatever. And they get the wallet back. And Shelly goes to back up and he hits their bikes. Right. And you're like, okay, he is just such a screw up. And you're like, but again, there's a lot of audience identifying with him. You're giving him his minute. The 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 uh, the lead biker of the gang comes over and he um, punches out uh, the window on the car, right? And he go, and then what does Shelly say? He's gone too far, right? So he takes off, comes back, and he runs, runs over the their bikes. Runs over the bikes. And I'm like, right. So then the audience is probably cheering this. The people who want him to die are like, okay, fine. Right? But obviously, um, so it's Allie, Fox, and Loco are the three names of the, just in case anyone is worried about them, that's the three names of the bikers. Um, but that's where Shelly gets his kind of his moment. And it makes him, to Vera, more like, okay, he stood up for himself. It is. It, it, it's important. I know you don't see it that way, but it's important in the movie yeah. that Shelley is not just absolute loser no, the whole time. No, I mean, not. if he was doing it in a, in a pickup truck, it'd be one thing. But he runs over. The, he runs over the bikes in a VW Bug. Okay, but and, it's even funnier in the Bug oh, though, because Shelley is poured into this Bug. His hair uh, is coming out the windows. Oh, it's just funny though. 
the things the the, the the bug would have gotten stuck. It would have gotten it would, stuck. It I know stuck on the three things. But I mean, that's a good scene in the in the movie because they get away, and then so you're saying so. At least I'm saying, well, what's going to happen? I the, the the three bikers aren't they going to go after? You know, they must. It's not a big town. Yeah, right. It's not like so, it's not like that road leads like, a whole lot of places. Okay, guys, let's go have a meal and then we'll go. We'll go get our right. revenge. So of course, then the bikers get their bikes and they. Uh, you know, then they get back there, and of course, uh, Rick's like, "What happened to my car?" And he's like, uh, "Well, nothing. A couple hundred dollars can't take care of." And it's right because now they're back. So the bikers now they go there. They chase him there. This is why they're important. They take the gas out of the van. Right. The van has gas. They made a point of making sure. Well, we got plenty of gas. They now have no gas in the van. You need to have no gas in the van, otherwise. You could all leave. You have to eliminate the ability to leave. Right. I mean, right. That, that was a, that was. But a, that's why they're there. That was a pressure moment by the by the the director or the writer to put that in because it makes a lot of sense. But that's what I'm saying. But that's the whole point. And then what they're going to do? They're going to burn. They're going to take in the gasoline. They're going to burn the barn to the ground. Yeah. So it all makes sense. But you need to have that there so there's no gas in the van, right? So they and they're going to burn the barn to the ground. Now, yes, are they now three more bodies to the eventually going to get killed? Yes, but you had to have that because otherwise, there's no reason that the van, unless you're going to write in that the van's leaking gas. But if you know the van's leaking gas, you would have extra gas. You know what I'm saying? Like it would make no sense. Uh, where are we here? So bikers but, show up at the. Hey, oh, sorry. Yeah. Did, did we ever get to the to that to the flashback scene? We're not there yet. Okay. Um, so they get to the, uh, Higgins Haven to take the gas and attempt to burn the barn down. To get even, right? So now we realize Jason is hiding in the barn. So he murders Fox and Loco, right? So he eventually murders Fox. Now Fox is up on the the thing, swinging out uh, on the um, what do you call that? It's the, the, well, it's it's the, it's the hay bale. They're lifting hay bales hay, with it, yeah. but it's 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 the it's the the, the winch and the, the crane. Winch. That's kind of the name, right? So she's swinging out there on that. That's a three D effect for the hearse swinging towards the screen and whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole thing is Ali is saying to them, you know, stop screwing around. And Loco, we gather, must be kind of in, you know, his name must be a little insane. But um, they both get murdered, right? With a pitchfork before um, Jason actually knocks Ali unconscious. We are to assume he kills Ali here, but he's just knocked unconscious. That night, uh, Chris and Rick head up into the woods to get away from all of her friends that he can't stand. And now we get the most uncomfortable flashback scene ever in this entire series, and I don't know why this was put in. Okay. This has nothing to do with anything else in the series. But I thought that was one of the best... Oh, no, no. Wait a second. Hang on. Wait, wait. It, it, I'm, this is what I'm saying. If you're saying this is a flashback scene in a, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie... Sure, uh, you know, Freddy Krueger is a child murderer and child molester, okay. and he's a despicable human who's burned alive by the parents, 100%. Jason Voorhees, the implication that he's chasing her, wants to kill her, okay. That he sexually molests her, since or sexually assaults her in some way, the implication is seen is 100% out of tone with all 12 movies in the series. Not... Yes. Do teenagers and young adults in these series have sex a lot? Yes. Do they get murdered for it? Yes. Right? I mean, Kevin Bacon took the, the arrow through the throat. The best scene maybe in any of the movies when the blood just spurts out by accident, right? But the implication that Jason is now somehow 
a cost. It doesn't make any sense. I understand it establishes that Chris has trauma right. and stuff. That I get. But she could have had trauma without it making seem like he was like lusting after her. Right. No, but I like that flashback because that's exactly what what it 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 it, it gives you the the reason uh, for uh, the you know the the uh, the story. I, I like that. It was only thirty seconds, right? But, 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 I'm, but, I but I'm saying, but the implication in it, yeah, is I, wrong for the series of movies that we have. Okay, but again, I, I'm watching this movie trying to uh, trying to enjoy it. To, to be perfectly honest, now, and I I started to lose it with the bikers, but. You guys, we got to get back to the story, and then when this flashback happened, I said, "Okay, good." I, and I now can. I it now establishes. Can okay, so I, I agree with you. It's, it established, but I, I think we could have had her attacked, but not in the oh. implication of having hair do. Because she's like, "I woke up," and then I went like, mm, "Like she passed out," and now he's like over top of her. Like he didn't kill her. He didn't kill her. So what did he do? Like this isn't an SVU. Like seriously, like that's what it turns it. That to me is. There's, there are things in this series I do not enjoy, right? Very, most of them I, I'm pretty good with, right? And and to be honest, except for a couple missteps here and there with some ideas they did, most of these series I actually like Friday the 13th movies. I know some people don't. This is the, one of the biggest ones to me. The implication that he does this to her is just wrong. Now, it gives her trauma. It gives her a reason to come back to the lake. This is why she left. It establishes um, that, you know, she knows what Jason looks like, even though, if you notice, he looks completely different in the flashback than he does in the original right. part because it's different people doing the effects. So Jason, who jumps through the window in the end of part two, looks nothing like Jason here. And Bleeder looks a little different in the other one because someone else did the makeup at a different point. So there's three different Jasons in the same movie. But they all kind of look lumped up. Right. That's about all you can get. But they don't look alike. Like, they're not... Like, there's literally... Okay, so for people who are very big into masks and stuff like that, there are different masks you get for, like... it. People can tell the difference between a part two... Right. Like, without the... I'm talking no mask. No mask. Part two face, part, you know, part three, this part, part three, this part, part four, uh, five, different story... Um, it's part six, it's part seven, the best Jason ever, right? Then part eight, you know, which is where whatever, and there's different things in them because the, each of the faces are different and unique, and it's weird because Jason in part one, of course, is just Ari Lehman, you know, in a mask jumping out of the lake, um, or struggling in the lake originally. It's not Ari Lehman at the end there. Well, it is him at the end also. Actually, no. It's what's his face in the end. It's uh, Sean Cunningham's son, who they were going to put in there, but then they kind of get Ari Lehman because his wife said, you're not putting our 12-year-old son in a lake and let him jump out. And, and Sean Cunningham's like, why not? Um, it's always interesting when you see, uh, you know, um, Sean Cunningham's son, who's now a producer on all these movies and stuff too, when he talks about these things, he's like, I don't understand what my mom's problem was. It's like, yeah, you're 12, dude. Like, you would put all his makeup on and then put him in a lake in the middle of the winter. Because remember they shot this yeah. off season, so yes, there's no yes. there's no leaves on any tree anywhere. Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, so okay, so now back at Higgins Haven, uh, Shelly scares Vera with the hockey mask, and at that point, and then she yells at him and whatever, and wanders into the barn, and we don't see this, but Jason kills him because he slashes his throat. We never see Shelly die on screen, so people were kind of hoping again half the audience likes him. Maybe Shelly's the hero at the end. No. Um, but he is a hero because without Shelly, we would never get Jason's hockey mask. Right. Now, and, uh, it was a very simple thing. They were like, the sack was very hard to see out of. Right. 
Hockey mask, much easier to see out of. Two eye holes, right? And that was the entire reason they did it. Now, let's be very honest. You cannot go into any store anywhere at Halloween time and not see hundreds of hockey masks. Right. I got <laughs> good ones, bad ones, whatever. The hockey mask, this movie, this is where it came from. Friday the 13th Part 3 is what established. Notice the poster on this doesn't show Jason's mask. No. The poster is a knife coming out in 3D, which is a really cool poster, by the way. Uh, it's This movie establishes the hockey mask, Freddy's glove, the Shatner mask that was turned into the shape, Jason's... Right. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, is as, it is as iconic as the Lamont configuration. It is as iconic as Chucky's overall. Like, there's yeah, just, like, boom, boom, boom. And you can, little kids, never seen a Friday the 13th movie. You put the thing on, oh, you're Jason. Like, they know Jason from that. Or they know you're a killer. Hockey mask. Commercials on right. television. Guy in a hockey mask, right? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He comes out in a hockey mask with a electric chainsaw. Right. You know, oh, we can put that. Bend over and I'll show you. You get a lot of nerve talking to me that way. I was talking to her. Yeah. So I mean, the, the mask. I know it's iconic here, but believe it or not, I still have. I I had a mask exactly like yeah. that when I played hockey in college, and it's it's still in my uh, in, in in the bag upstairs in the attic. And I'm looking at that, and I got to say, it's it's a good mask for to hide your face. And you're right. The, I don't know how you ever saw it out of the out of the the, the so burlap the, because it. They had one hole. Well, the problem was they taped it to this poor guy's face. He had the the, the, the makeup yeah. and stuff on, but they kept taping it to him. He goes, I can't see. He had no depth perception. Yeah. In part two, that, that when he gets up on the chair and stuff, they said, man, this is really hard. He goes, just come straight down. Like they had to instruct him on exactly what well, to do. Think about this. If and that's a stuntman. That's not some actor. That's a stuntman whose job it is to do this. Right. I mean, think about the the, the people at, at a ball game that they... they they put the, the the garbage bags over their heads because they right. you know the, like the the old the, the ants the, the yeah, New yeah. Saints. oh the, yeah, the, the, yeah. You, put two holes in a garbage bag put it over your head and if you're not constantly yeah. adjusting it to see because what do you wind up seeing you see the inside of the bag we, we are not encouraging anyone to put their head oh, in a garbage bag please uh, I just want to make sure we're clear on that but to test out the idea right. of that do not tighten said garbage bag <laughs> or try to asphyxiate yourself we are not responsible here at Bots, Bugs, and Babes do not condone or are responsible for any actions like that anyway but yes this is where he gets the hockey mask from Shelly now of course Taking the mask to conceal his identity is because he lost the sack at the end of uh, part two. And now we can get, like, we again, it becomes much more iconic later. Here, it's just really cool because it also is much cheaper. And that's one of the problems. To do the makeups every single day, not that it's, you know, it's a lot of time and effort. I'm not saying that. But to just have him put on a half face so his whole face is done, it's easier on the stuntman. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. It's much easier on them than having to wear the full Jason makeup, which eventually, well, you learn. I mean, Kane Hodder had to wear full makeups in some movies, but then he, he said the, the mask was the mask was always easier to act in than it was the full makeup, even though the full makeup gave him more range of motion in the face. It's just less time in the chair. But not that not, not that uh, he was ever complaining because he was his favorite thing ever to do was to play Jason Voorhees. Anyway, uh, the mask is can you feel Jason emerges from the barn. Uh, where Vera uh, Vera dropped Shelly's wallet in the water and she's trying to get it back. Um, and this is where you get the, you know, he shoots her in the eye with the spear gun. Right. You can clearly see the wire, 
100%. The Blu-ray shows you the wire that it's traveling on, but that thing came because it was going because it was a real spear gun. So the line was attached to the camera, and it's designed not to hit the camera. And they shot the spear gun at the camera, yeah. and you see it. You always have seen it. But I'm going to guarantee you this: by this point in the movie, you don't care. No, you I, don't care. No, it's just it's a, who else is going to? But again, even but it, the, the, the 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 effect of the spear gun when they show it going into her eye. You can plainly see that it's it's some model that's there. It it's it's not her. It's definitely not her. No, it's her. It might be a stunt woman, but she has an appliance applied, yes, not a model. Oh no, that's what I mean. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's an appliance applied to her face. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tom Savini was not on this movie. And I'm not trying to degrade anyone else's work, but no. like Tom Savini's work and other people's, there's a reason people were playing catch up to him. Right. Okay. Oh, no. So I did I matter of fact think about I wrote this. that down. Right, think about this. There's a reason why, like, this is 1982. So what else came out this year? The Thing, right? Botine's work on The Thing was groundbreaking, right? And people didn't understand how he did some of the stuff he did. But think about then when Botine then had to go on and work on The Howling because Landis already had had uh, had Rick Baker doing the, the werewolf effect. Think about that, right? Like, did it, they didn't just go get Joe off the street. They went and got, like, well, is Savini available? Because that's when Savini retired. He, he quit right. uh, making special effects for a while, thanks to Maniac, right? And then he came back for The Burning. Oh, my God, The Burning is so much more brutal than these movies are. And and and, and in The Burning, and the perfect example, I know you've never seen that. In The Burning, Savini's effects, camp, killer, cutting kids apart, Fingers getting lopped off, heads getting cut. Like, it's not even close to the same level. And I'm not trying to degrade anyone's work because I certainly can't do this, you know, myself. But what I'm saying is, there's a level that Savini set for people that everyone rose their level up. So you know, the people always say like, you know, the tide rises kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, he said the bar's here, so everyone rose up, and that's why we got killer effects in the '80s. Not all effects in every movie are great, and then and then sometimes you get makeup effects like literally like Hellraiser and stuff like that, which looks like you're really skinning people a lot. I mean, does, mm. does Frank not look skinned alive in that movie? Okay, yeah, mm. you know. So anyway, where are we? So he shoots him with a spear gun. Jathan then enters the house and he, um, okay. So scene before we get the juggling scene, this is much earlier in the movie when, when they're kind of like doing their thing. We get the juggling, right? So we're establishing that Andy and, and well, I mean, and uh, Shelly, are able to be, like, they can kind of do things. So Shelly is much better at juggling than Andy is, but we establish whatever. Andy then is showing off with the yo-yo at one point, with, you know, teasing his right. girlfriend. He's he's able to do a lot of things. And one of the things he can do, and this was the actor who do this, was walk on his hands, which is, I think, how he got the role. Um, and he was good-looking and could walk on his hands, right? Um, but he's walking on his hands after they've already, you know, post-coitus, Right, kind of stairs in the hammock, which is oh. always interesting. You know, um, and, and, I mean, you know that that's got to happen. I'm watching. I'm watching the scene, and I'm. I, I wrote down here. I said, I said, even the sex scene, were at best a slight diversion. Okay, but the thing was, they aren't showing you the sex scenes. They're not showing you like this. Is, isn't it a well, soft no, core thing? Well, they, well, they, no, it's definitely a soft core. But, no, but yeah, they, super they, they, soft. They show her in the in the shower with the with the curtain. Right, but I'm saying no. Well, that's late. I'm kidding. But it's it's supposed to be. They don't show you them actually. No, no, having no. sex. No, we would get some of that in other ones of them because he's going to kill them during it. Right, like like. Right. Right, the thing. We always see the after. We see the lead up and the after. Why? Because then you don't have to worry about, you know, nudity, whatever kind of thing, right? 
but he's going to go get her a beer, right? And he's walking down the hallway on his hands. And the entire point for this scene was they were like, it would be really cool if we bisected him in half (laughs) when he was upside down. Now, how is that going to be shot? Because that seems really tough to shoot. Yeah, how about a glass floor? So there's no glass floor in the movie, but... In the scene, they have a glass floor being shot up, and you can tell there's glass there. You're not, it's, it's obviously cleaned, but as soon as he hits him, he falls onto the glass floor, and you're like, okay, you ha- again, you have to buy that. Right. But him bisecting him, I've never seen that in a movie before. I mean, we, we get teased in Goldfinger, but they never cut him in half with the laser. Good job, Blofeld. Or, <laughs> right? So, um, but that's the whole idea. No, that's not the, Blofeld. That's wrong guy. No, no, but, no, what, no. What Goldfinger yeah. says, I mean, uh, right. James Bond says, says uh, you expect what, me to what, talk. Do you, what, what do you expect? And he says, I expect you to die. Yeah, but that's not Blofeld. I got the wrong character. No, it's, it's, uh, Goldfinger. it's Goldfinger, right. So the whole thing is, but like we never see James Bond get cut in half with the laser. Well, it, Friday the 13th, we see him cut him in half with a machete. Yeah. Well, right. the thing is, you know, you, you, you had alluded to this uh, before. The the kill when the girl's in the hammock, to me, was the flashback to the Kevin Bacon kill. Because it's very, very similar. Yeah. And, again, th- th- some of these kills were okay. Uh, there was nothing special about them. It's one thing. It's one thing in one of these movies where each kill, you know, that they they ramp it up and ramp it up and ramp it up. Here, it was standard kills, and but that scene, that scene alone, forgetting about the the one in the eye, but that scene alone was I thought was it was, it was an homage to uh, to the Kevin Bacon scene. But it's supposed to be, and I said they did it pretty well. But remember, it's not Jason who killed him that way; it's his mother. It's mother, right? Right. So it's but that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to pay homage at the same time of doing what, yeah. but also she's reading a Fangoria, of course, yeah, right? Right. The blood's dripping on her face, and you're like, huh? Like, and it's but it's almost exactly except her smoking a joint it's all exactly what's supposed to be there um then we have you know, jason then thrust the knife right through her chest um he the power goes out in the house quote unquote so uh chuck goes down to the basement only to find uh only for jason to hurl him into the fuse box electrocuting him because they're trying to come up with ways to kill him you see the thing is in okay so you have to remember dad at this point we've had halloween and how does Michael Myers kill most people? He just stabs them, right? right? He's stabbing people. In part two, we got a little more kind of like, you know, let's turn it up a little bit, right? But he, he, you know, he's boiling them. He does what he's, he's stabbing a lot of people. The whole point was not to have Jason stab every single person. I mean, could he no, take a no. machete and kill everybody? So, but he's tr- they're trying to be different and at the same time pay homage. But these kills got... M- the, so you have, see, the thing is you've never seen the rest of the series. You don't know where the kills are even going. Like, the, some of the best kills in the entire movie series literally are sequels and sequels and sequels away. Right. And then some will happen and we're like, oh my God, that's so funny. But then you're like, but they just ripped that off. Oh no, you can't rip something off when you happen 15 years before that someone else rips it off. Every single kill has been ripped off over and over and over again. Sure. Right? But they had to start somewhere. And this is where they're starting. Again, think about it. In Psycho, right? The knife in the shower. Like, I mean, someone getting killed in the shower, we've seen that over and over again. How many De Palma movies have women taking showers where someone's menacing right. them? Because even in Phantom in the Paradise, you mean get some with a plunger, but like that's De Palma paying homage to Hitchcock, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of thing. So anyway, so Chuck goes to the basement, gets electrocuted. Chili finds everyone else is dead and then is impaled with a red hot poker, right? Um, Chili and Chuck, they don't serve a lot of purpose in this movie. I mean, they're the potheads. 
They're the ones who smoke up the van. They're the ones who are burning the popcorn on the stove. They're, they're, they're kind of not there. They're there to basically get like killed, you know, kind of thing. But right. you had to have different people. Because if you made them all standard stock characters, they're all the same person, you wouldn't care. You're trying to connect with people. I'm sure there's a bunch of stoners sitting there going, oh, yeah, dude, like a stone. You know, it's like, okay, you know, and it's like, you know, it's what it is. So they, she gets killed. So Rick's car dies. And so Rick and that, that's in the woods. Now Rick and Chris are now forced to walk back to the house and find the whole thing is a disaster. Rick steps outside to search the grounds and Jason grabs him and crushes his skull with his bare hands, making one of the eyes pop out of the socket. Yes, I know it looked fake. I understand that. It's the best. It, it also is on a wire for the for the uh, 3D effect. But at, again, at this point, Dad, you know, there might have been a good sex in the audience who's not even watching the movie right now. I'm just saying it's a date movie. Um, a lot of guys brought their girls to this movie. Oh, a lot of guys have got smiles on their face, and the girls they got their heads buried in their chest. Yeah, well, that's a difference. That any no, but or they're not, or they're not watching they're the movies. Not watching they're making things. out because uh, that's what happens during date movies. Um, so yeah, she crushes, he crushes his, um, head with his bare hands, making one of the other guy. Jason then attacks Chris, who narrowly escapes the house and tries to flee to the van. The van runs out of gas. Plot point! Um, and Chris makes her way to the barn to hide. Now, she flips it to the auxiliary gas, right? Because the van had auxiliary gas. Right, that I've never seen. But vans like that had an auxiliary right, gas right. tank, a very small gas tank to get you where you had to, to get you there. But... What happens is she gets stuck. So now she's stuck and he's right there. So she runs to the barn, right? We just need Chris to get to the barn. Really is what needs to happen, right? Um, but Jason attacks her again. Oh, sorry. So, so, he's, so inside the barn, Chris strikes Jason over the head with a shovel and hangs him, right? With And so he regains consciousness because now we have to remember Jason Voorhees, a little different character. We are not into zombie Jason yet. This is not post this isn't six, seven, eight, whatever. This isn't zombie Jason. This is still redneck, inbred, whatever kind of Jason, although he's not supposed to be inbred. Um, and as he he um, he regains consciousness and temporarily removes his mask to get free of the noose, which then causes Chris to recognize him. And she's like, no, it can't be you. It can't be, right? Her whole thing's from two years prior. Ali, who is still alive, although we don't know why he's still alive. He is, but he needs to be there attacks Jason, and Jason finally quickly kills him. Now, let me stop right there. They made it Ali because you're supposed to believe that like, he's whatever. You know, I would have made this Shelly. I would have had 100%. Shelly didn't get killed by Jason because we never see him die. This is where I think, because I think you have to take the scene out later where you see Shelly's body. I think this should be Shelly trying to be heroic and failing miserably, just getting eviscerated, right? But that's because I write the movie a bit a little different. It's yeah. fine, right? Because you want it to be Ali because you don't care about him. He dies. At this point, if Shelly had made it this far, people would be like, he might live, you know, kind of thing. Just rip the carpet out from underneath him. That's what I would do. Anyway, um, Jason quickly dispatches to him. The distraction allows Chris to strike Jason in the head with an axe, which is where we get the chop in the top of the mm -hmm. head and the mass crack. becomes important later because that has to be in the movies. Um, he staggers momentarily towards her. Before finally collapsing, exhausted, Chris pushes. Uh, so he, she, she goes outside, gets a canoe, and falls asleep in the lake. And you're thinking, "Oh no, I've seen this ending. It can't possibly be that." So we have Chris appears to wake up, and then we see Jason with a different makeup on in the house. 
and I'll explain why it's different makeup in a minute. Um, running unmasked towards her from the house and then before he disappears, which then turns... Okay, so then he disappears. So then she wakes up and now she's in the lake and you're like, okay. And now the corpse, which somehow now has a head again, of Pamela Voorhees jumps out of the lake and grabs her. Now, it is not as effective as the first one. The first movie, if you had no idea where that was coming, which no one did, it scared a lot of people a lot. Like a lot, a lot. And it has been ripped off, oh, I don't know, hundreds of times. How many jump scares like that are now in every single, oh, it's out of the lake, oh, it's out of the whatever, right? And it all goes back to, to, to Carrie, obviously, with the hand shooting up, where literally Stephen King tells that story. He's in a movie theater, and the hand shoots up and grabs her wrist, right? And he goes, he goes, these two big guys around me, oh, oh, she'll never be okay now. Like, she's going to be scarred for life. Like, they're screaming at the screen. And the Carrie freaked out. I mean, it didn't freak me out because I kind of knew I'm expecting something to happen. But it's what happens. Anyway, why is there a different Jason? Because originally, that wasn't the end of the movie. The end of the movie was Chris wakes up, goes back to the house, opens the door. Who's there? Unmasked Jason, who slaughters her right there. But they didn't want to end it that way because they want to leave someone alive, yeah. right? That's the original end of the story. But they said, oh, and that was filmed later because they said, well, we don't know about this ending. They did the ending they had. Then they went back and filmed this one. And, of course, Chris is now taken away. Um and Jason's body is shown still to be lying in the barn, and the lake is shown to be at peace, right? There's some people who say, hey, look, there's some bubbles at this point, but we don't believe that because there's bubbles at the end of one. At the end of one, when they're taking her away, yeah. there's bubbles in the lake, and people have said, that's Jason. That's that's the signal by Jason. Sean Cunningham says, no, that signifies that there was probably something in the lake. Yeah, I, my, my comment was, what was the what was the final scene all about? That that, that, that I just didn't understand her where, jumping out of the lake. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the trauma. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, but again, the, the way. Uh, the, so here's what it is: we need a stinger at the end, and and we can't kill her. Yeah, there's your stinger. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Pamela Voorhees has been in that lake a couple of years. She don't look good. No, no. So I say, you know, I mean, again, my my problem when we do these. If I haven't seen these movies, but I but I, I'm I've seen a million other movies, is that this is number this is number three. I've seen one and two, and now I had a, I watched number three for this podcast, and I to me number one, even though the the premise is exactly the same, kids go, kids die, yeah. one by one by one. I that first one, but the first one's a murder mystery. Yeah, but the first yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I like the story. The the killings the killings happen because of the story. Right here, it's not the killings don't happen because why does 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 Voorhees have to kill everybody? What's his modus operandi? Okay. Why, why is he doing this? He it's not like he was like in Halloween. The kid is I mean the kid is he murders his sister. He's deranged. Sister, and yeah. then he's he's deranged. You don't know why he's doing this. Okay, so. There are several working theories about this because they right. never explain it on right. purpose. That's, yeah. Well, but they never explain it on purpose because Sean Cunningham has said there is no such person as Jason Voorhees. He's dead. There's Pamela Voorhees who's getting revenge for her son. There was one movie and he was done. And they said, you know, but there might be some meat on that bone. And they're like, uh, he goes, but there's no Jason Voorhees. They go, well, but at the end he jumps out of the lake. But that wasn't a real, that was a dream. Well, what if he came back? And that's why you know Sean Cunningham, not director on the next one, not director on this one. He's not here because Sean Cunningham's still making his money. 
because it's his original right. idea yeah. and whatever kind of thing. And eventually he comes back as executive producer because he goes, um, I should be making more money than this. I mean, Frank Mancuso Jr. is making, he's the executive producer on these things, and Paramount's making a killing. So Sean Cunningham's like, maybe I should make some more cash. There is no set thing in the original set of Friday the 13th movies that shows how Jason 1 is now a grown adult, how he survived, why he's doing this. Your assumption is that Jason somehow survived the drowning, washed up ashore, why he didn't go back to camp, we don't know, grew up kind of feral in the woods. Eating okay. berries. I mean, I, I, or, 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 or rodents. Wow, well, okay. But you're willing to buy well, everything up to this point, though. Well, so well, what I'm saying is, that's the theory, is that he grew up living at the edge of the lake, always kind of, been, that no one saw him from the age yeah. of, you know, 10 or 12 to 20-something, right? Whatever. Um, or 30-something, whatever he's supposed to be, right? And that he saw his mother decapitated, and that drove him insane. That is the working theory that people have come up with. The actual theory is money is green and I like a lot of it. That is why. Because Friday the 13th movies make lots yeah, and lots of money. money. Right? Yeah. Hey, okay. Why did Jaws 4 happen? I'm talking about Jaws the Revenge. I'm going to be talking about this with John LeMay later this month. Right? Kind of thing. Because someone said, hey, you know what made money? Jaws. Well, Jaws 3 didn't make money, but it made some money. Let's make a new Jaws movie. And boy, were they wrong. But I'm just saying is, but that's all they said was, hey, you know what made a lot of money? Jaws. Let's make Jaws too. But the shark's dead. It doesn't matter. We'll get a new shark. Like, right. that's all it is. No, I know. It, it's just, it's just, when you don't have, when you don't have new ideas, you always, you always revert back to what is, what the safe uh, thing is. And, you know, I mean, to me, if, if they had not made Friday the 13th, 3, 4, 5, up to 12, whatever the number is, This mo the first movie would stand alone as an outstanding Okay. Uh, yes, genre if there movie. was only Friday the 13th Part 1, there part was never one. part two, any sequel, Right. It would, people would probably regard it higher than it, than it is. But a lot of people who are now re-watching and objectively looking at the series can say Part 1 as its own movie, which is 100% different than the other ones, is a very good murder mystery. <laughs> and they accept that. When you get into the idea of franchise and what that means and what it means going forward, this is why we get sequel after sequel after sequel to movies that don't even need sequels, right? The Friday 13th movies, I mean, again, it, in, in 1982, Dad, if someone said to you, we can take $2.2 million, oh, no, million dollars I, and turn it into $36 million, no one says no. No, I agree. Right? I agree. I, and and but, but so they knew as soon as this wrapped, we had to make four. Had to make four. And they're like, yeah, but he's laying there dead. They go, but is he really dead? Yeah, so like, how dead could he be? Maybe he's just pining. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. He, It's a dead parrot. You nailed it to the perch. And just, but you had to make four. Right? Four had to happen. And what happened? The money's like this. And they yeah, said, we could put money in it. So they said, hey, Tom Savini, come back. Hey, this, or whoever. Let's go get these now, because you haven't seen four yet. You're going to like four a lot more than you like three. Trust me. Because the the, no, the effects in four are top notch. Yeah, I, I mean, but to I don't want to watch the movie just for the effects. We do it, we do it because we, we I mean, I do it because we're doing these podcasts. I want to get involved in the story. I don't want to. I don't want to be sitting there waiting for the next stopwatch to say kill, and then stopwatch to say kill, and then 
what inventive way is the next kill? Because there's never the same kill in any of these movies repeated. It's always something different. And so that's fine. But I, I enjoy a movie because I, when I get hooked on the story, regardless of how stupid the story may be, if I, if I get hooked on the story, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, part, I can part four I get, I mean, is, is a part four is considered to be better. The, the best Friday the 13th movies, in everyone's opinion, was you leave one out because one has nothing to do with Jason. Right. Right? right. Okay. Are considered to be right. four, six, are to be the two be the two best movies, and by way of what the movies have and special effects and stuff like that, I mean to me, I like seven the best. When it sounds weird, but when you watch seven, you're like, oh, I understand exactly what this movie is because this movie yeah. is the movie they couldn't make at the time. Well, I mean, it's like to me when when we when I first saw a Wrong Turn, oh, that, that movie that movie knocked knocked me on, on yeah. The, but even the second one was follow on to the first. And it was it to me. It was it was good. Is that the it, one that follows directly after the first one? Yeah. Okay. Because one of them, there's it's not, time. There's a, there's a gap. Yeah. Yeah. Though if Wrong Turn two follows, okay, Wrong Turn, which of course is got amazing special effects, but the difference is, you have actors yes. in that movie. You have people who like who are actual established actors. I mean, Jeremy Sisto is a very right. good actor. Oh no, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that you you, is the story hooks you, and the actors can bring the. The written word to life, it it helps. I mean, my my synopsis of this movie, as being critical, and it's it's not because it's it's a it's a franchise. I said it's not scary. It's not. But well, it's not supposed to. No, be. no, 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 no. Yes, it is. No, it's, this movie's not supposed to be scary. Right, scary to the living daylights out of out of the people out, out of some of the people in the in the okay. in, in the in the theater. So, but I said it's not scary. It's not funny, and yet there was supposed to be some funny parts. They, the, the acting was horrible, and yet. And and it, so this to me it was not remotely a fun movie to watch. I, I would I ever watch this movie again? No. Okay, but uh, right. But you have to remember this movie is not supposed to be scary, right? It's a date movie well, designed well, to make money. But why isn't it supposed to be scary? Because we're you, we're got, not we're not in a horror. Okay, this is now the horror franchise. You know exactly who the killer is. Oh, I did, but but, but it's, this is okay. This isn't Scream, where there's different killers every movie. They just happen to have the same stuff on, right? And let's be honest. After Scream One, it was downhill. Scream Two's not as good. Scream Three is even less. Scream the newest Scream, and like, okay, like I get it. I watched it going, yep, saw it coming a mile. I see the twist coming miles away. Why? Because I'm so jaded to all this yeah. stuff. In 1982, see, you're talking about a movie like Wrong Turn, which doesn't exist without the stuff that came before. In 1982, think about the what doesn't exist yet. You don't have Hellraiser and whatever, and the 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 horror. Hellraiser is a hard movie. To me, Hellbound is even harder to watch. watch yeah. Right. Because you're like, okay, that guy's skinned alive. And that like just the scene where he rips his hand on the well, nail. How about in the right? first one where they're hanging from the from the the it's almost like the uh, um, the the the, uh, the movie the Indian movie with the where he's 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 hung up with the with the uh, the hooks in his in his chest. I don't remember. Oh, uh, it's uh, it's not Little Big Man. It's no uh, no 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 no. Uh, anyway, well the thing yeah, is, but, what, what what I'm saying is though these the 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 scary parts of these movies, the original Halloween is tense. It's scary, right. right? The original Friday the 13th, if you didn't know what's going on, it's tense. 
there is no tension here because it's not supposed to be. Well, They're not making that movie. Yeah. They're making the popcorn movie. It, this movie came out in August, just in time for kids to get ready to go back. To every Kids are off from school. This movie's rated R. So you're not supposed to go see it unless you're 18. Except, guess who saw this movie? A lot of not 18-year-olds. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of adults. They made these movies for that. The problem is, you can make a movie like Maniac, which no one can see, which is disgusting and tense and gritty and, and gross at points and whatever. You can do that kind of movie. Or you can make movies like Chud, which we liked, yeah. right? But Chud's not suspenseful. I mean, it's gross, and but but the effects are well done, and Dan and you have actors like Daniel Stern and whatever. I get that, right? But you can make movies designed for like, okay, they didn't make Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, saying, "Man, I really hope we hit the key thirty-five to fifty-five-year-old male demographic." No, oh. they're hoping for the twelve to eighteen demographic, but it's R-rated. They don't care. They've got. Titillation, because you got some girls, you know, semi-naked. You got people getting slaughtered. Like there's some people smoking pot. There's some. There's yeah, bikers. There's this somebody. Something. No one's everybody. making high cinema here. Oh. They, they are not making. But that's the difference. That's the difference. John Carpenter makes a horror movie, right? In 1982, that it's science fiction, right? The thing is tense, and like it's it's the whole thing is is you know. Rip your guts out. Made zero money in the movies. Made no money right. at all. Why? Yeah. Because people are like, I don't understand it. What's it mean? There's no women. There's no nothing. Because you're not appealing to 12 to 18 year olds. Would the if they saw it, would they probably like it? Yeah, probably because it's really good. But it didn't make any money. It had a second life later, right? Why did this movie unseat? Right? It unseated ET, the biggest kids movie of all time to that point. Right, but remember ET. No, no, no. But this thing came out in August, like you said. E.T. came out in June, June. and it was the number uh, one. And yeah, yeah June, it, July. It yeah. was the number one. Oh, no, one right. So right. It, had, it had peaked probably in the sixth I or agree. seventh week, and then now you might have some repeaters. But what I'm saying to you, no, but it, not some repeaters. That movie was still number one, making millions of dollars a week, Dad. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying, though, is E.T. is for, the, the, well, it's it's for kids, kids right. right? It's a kids movie. And yet it, it, was, it, had, it, it had its suspenseful parts. But again, it yeah, was... Okay. E.T., e okay, arguing the merits of how good E.T. is in the E.T. is an outstanding movie. Yeah. Spielberg knew what he was doing. But think about that, though. Like, no other movie could knock E.T. off this that summer. Yeah, I'd like to know what the other movies were at the time. But because, no other movie could knock off E.T. But again, it's, it's, remember, in 1982, you, you would have one or two blockbuster movies. Now, it's... There's one in March, there's one in April, there's one in May, and then there's three in June, a week apart, then there's there's two in, in July, and then you have the leftovers in August. Okay, so here we go. So, 1982, Poltergeist made $121.7 million. E.T., $792.9 million. Wait, 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 hang on yeah. a second. Rocky three, $270 million. Right. Tootsie, $172 million. Right, um, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like you just you just mentioned the five movies. Four four movies. Four yeah. movies. Beside, okay, they're all. Think about the movies you did. Tootsie was a romantic comedy. Okay, but that's what I'm saying is yeah. like. So, so was, tell me the horror movie here. Officer Gentleman, 190. Annie, 57 million. Tron, no, 50 million. No, no, there were, the thing, the thing, 19.6 million. Right. 
The thing is, no, I don't think you're going to find anyone out there, Dad, who's going to say that Friday the 13th Part 3 is a better movie than The Thing. No, no, no. But the, but the thing but, but made again, half the, the money. Depend, how, you know, what order were they released? Oh, I got to get that. Okay. That's the but, order of they released. But when I'm you, looking when at... You get to, when you get to August, people have seen all of these movies. They might have gone to... They might have gone once to see Rocky Three, once to see Poltergeist, but every every child, just like Frozen, every child wanted okay, to so see. Okay, so you ready? E. Okay, here we go. E.T. Yeah. E. came out June eleventh. Right. Indiana Jones: Raiders of the Lost Ark came out June twelfth. And what was what? what that, and they were one and two forever. Yeah. Raiders made eventually. I don't have its. I don't have its total gross here. Oh, for the year. For the well, that's okay. That's all time. For the year, Raiders made two hundred and twelve, and ET made f- almost five sixty or th- three sixty for the year, right? But that's June, June, J- July thirtieth. Option a gentleman, different crowd. July seventeenth, Arthur, different crowd. June fourth, June. Your, uh, July twenty third, best little whorehouse in Texas. I'm looking for any major. These are the major releases that. No, you did. No, you August thirteenth. No, is no. Friday the Thirteenth. That's that's the that's the major one. You just you you hit the. That's exactly what I was saying. July. By the time by the time you get to August, there is no blockbusters, and the kids remember every every child's off from school. Fast Times at Ridgemont High was released the exact same day. Uh, okay. okay, you may not think so. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is one of the considered one of the '80s like classics. Sixteen Candles, oh, uh, whatever, no. whatever. It. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three outdrew the movie made, and Fast Times at My High has got, uh, and you have that's Sean Penn, and no, that's no, no. that's name actors, yeah, not nobodies, no, no, but the, but it, and it's got uh, naked Phoebe K or uh, right. topless TV Phoebe Cates, and it's got pot, it's got all the, it's made for these kids, same audience. They chose Friday the Thirteenth Part Three over that. Right. Now I'm not saying they didn't go see Fast Times at My High also, but the the money doesn't change that way. It's, it's, they are they are thirteen million dollars apart in gross. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that 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 the movie wasn't wasn't a success. It was a success, unbelievably big time. But again, it, it goes if that movie had come out the week before E.T., it would have had a one week run, because then everybody would be going to see E.T. and Raiders and Poltergeist and and the other movies coming out in August. That was that was very very smart on their part. Is don't buck the, the movies you know are well, going to get. You know why I came out in August though, right? That's when the Friday the Thirteenth was. Yeah, well, God, that's, all, that's fine. That's why. Well, no, again, but if the Friday the Thirteenth in February, it came out in February. Yes, but they if, literally put it on Friday the Thirteenth. But if it came out in in June, it would have had a, maybe a one week run or or a big weekend run, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, again, having it in August, that we've seen a lot of movies come out in August that have. Huge, huge returns because you've seen all of the big movies. You know, you're not going to go if you've seen ET and you've got let's say a, a boy and a girl and they want to go see ET and they loved it and you as an adult said, "Well, that was a pretty good movie because it is a pretty oh, good yeah, movie." Yeah, yeah. And they said, "Daddy, can we go see ET again?" Three weeks later, and the the father says, "Sure, let's go." And then we go and then we go to we go to the to the mall and we we'll go get ice cream. And, but so there was a lot of repeats there. But word of mouth on on ET just was uh, and blew yeah. it up. Word of mouth on Friday the Thirteenth 
what was every kid who saw it came back and said, holy goodness, man, you got to go see this right. movie. But I'm saying, but that's exactly what they wanted to do. They like, wanted yes. kids to have that right well, before school. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. They no, know. It, 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 it was, it's, I'm saying, the, 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 uh, uh, the advertising for this movie or the, 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 the promotion of this movie was perfect. And well, I, I, I understand that. What I'm saying is I'm looking for the, the horror movie that and it's poltergeist. It's just and because poltergeist, and poltergeist is was is more mainstream. That's PG thirteen. That's that's much more mainstream. That has name right. actors in it. Toby Hooper, although we kind of know it's Steven Spielberg, you know, kind of thing on it. Like you had that's a major release, right? Right. But I'm looking here and like I mean, are there great movies? Yeah, First Blood is on here. Like Conan the Barbarian. Like there are some great films on here, but then there's also movies that happened after. Like, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I know some people love Tron and whatever. Okay. But guess what movie's way behind this? Blade Runner. Yeah. Oh, oh but... Because Blade Runner was not understood for years oh. later. But Blade Runner, yeah. the thing, there are yeah. movies made that are better films than this. I'm not saying this is the best movie no, of this year. It, no, it was... I'm just saying is anybody says to you, hey, give me $2.2 million. No. What if I give you back 36.8? Yes. Yes. No, that's what I'm saying. Whatever... Whatever the, the the logic was to make this movie sure. was thought out and 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 executed one hundred percent. Yeah. And so from that point of view, it, it's it, it's a successful it's a movie. Successful movie. And, and that's all that matters. And to be honest, Frank Mancuso Jr. Because Frank Mancuso Sr., who's now at the time president of Paramount, he's just like, yeah, let's do this. Because guess what this did? This got other movies made. Yeah. Right. Frank Mancuso Jr. became. An executive, like he, he was, he was the executive producer. He's he's part of Paramount. He became an executive at Paramount, yeah. Not just because his dad was the president, but because every movie he was part of, he's yeah, right there, which make, people people look down their nose at it. He's like, yeah, but look how much money it made. Right. It's, it's make money and and you're a success, right? I mean, the the key to the key to this movie is that what followed was ratcheted up to the point where some of them were unbelievable. You had oh okay. I mean, I mean so think, you, think about you couldn't it. keep the bar at the same place. No, but though. think. But again, they some of them some of them became a little like saw, right? Much but, later, Dad. You're no, talking. No, no, no. But it's thirty years yeah, I later. Know it's later. It's, I know it's later, or even even hostile. But again, which is holding it was even the, newer the, than the, saw. No, that's right. But uh, those movies are the grandchildren yeah. of these Friday the Thirteenth and and the and the. Uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and you know and, and Halloween, but every one of these movies that comes out now, or even even ten years after after this, like you said, they had to ratchet up yeah. what they were showing you, whether it was a different kill or gross. Yeah, and gross is to me gross is when I'm watching a movie, the kills. Uh, I said, well, that's inventive. But again, I may be jaded because of my, right. you know, what I. But when I see a movie, like I'll, I'll use the, I'll use Hostel Two. I couldn't oh, watch that. Hostel Two is so much better than Hostel One. Yes, be, but it's the harder movie to watch yeah, yeah, be, because those girls did nothing wrong. Right. Those girls do nothing wrong. They're just taking advantage because they're women, and that movie. 
bothers the hell. I've only watched Hostel 2 once. Yeah. It bothers me. Host, the original Hostel is gross and it has its moments and whatever, but it's nothing yeah. that crazy. Hostel 2 is just yeah. wrong. Hostel 2, at least, at least they, it, it, gets the, it gets the doctor at the end. I mean, well, but okay, but, but the whole thing is though, but the, the but, yes, yes, but the movie itself is, is just horrible. Hard to watch. Yeah, yep. because these girls do nothing wrong, nothing where they should be killed and tortured and stuff like that. So, okay, so hmm. remember Martyrs? I, we're getting way afield yep. here. Remember the original Martyrs? Not the remake of Martyrs, which is a shot-for-shot oh. shot remake, which is the exact same movie and hard to watch. When I watched Martyrs, I called you and said, did you watch Martyrs yet? You said, no. I said, when you're done, you're going to take a shower because you're going to hate that you watch this movie. Is Martyrs a good movie? Yes. It's a very good movie. Is it a movie everyone should watch? 100% no. 100% no. If you think that you like movies that push boundaries, Martyrs is a movie you can watch, Right. But you better be prepared to watch the most sadistic, horrific torture you've ever seen. Oh, I've seen movies. No, you no. haven't. That's why uh, there are movies I will not watch, right? I will not sit down and watch a Serbian film. I will not watch it. It serves no purpose in my life to that will not better it. I watched Martyrs and said, okay, this is probably pushing me about as far as I want to go. And Martyrs is very tough to watch. Some people are like, oh, well, it's it's okay, but it's not. I yeah. understand it's fake. I get it. It's fake. No one's really torturing this poor woman to the point where she sees God. I understand that. I'm not stupid. But I also understand that it's not pleasant to watch. It's disturbing and horrific, and it's not pleasant. That doesn't exist at this point in 1982. Jay, there's these movies right. before, right? But those movies before, yeah. right? Uh, Solo and things like that. Those didn't exist in the mainstream knowledge of people. No, that what you're right. When, when you, at this point in time, like, but the, this was no, but this you, was you, cutting edge for blood and gore. Blood and gore. But I, you, you know, but the a, a movie that 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 scared me a little bit, believe it or not, was. Uh, um, Jack the Giant Killer? It's scary. No, no. The no. song and dance version? No. Coming this fall. No. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, how can I? How can I not remember this? It's the uh, oh, nineteen. It was. It, it'll come to me. We were. We, your mom and I went to in the nineteen. So is it the Omen? Omen. The, the Exorcist? It. No, it's <laughs> the Omen. Not. No, the Exorcist was okay. But we went to see. We went to see a, a sneak preview. It would. They, they and the theater did not. It was June 6th, uh, 19, right. 1976, and we were going there to see Mother Jugs and Speed, with that's Bill Cosby and uh, Raquel Welch. And then the sneak preview was coming in afterwards. And again, back then, this is before you guys were old enough to go to see the movies. Well, we think it was day, we're not alive. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, no. so. But again, the theaters would always would have a sneak preview so they could fill the theater on a Saturday night. And sell more popcorn and what have you. Right. And so we went to it was a big time theater over in Danbury. It was packed. And Mother Jugs and Speed is funny, right? And then you don't know what movie's coming on. I mean, there's no no hints, no nothing. And then the open comes on and that movie I don't think there was a cough, an uh or there was just dead silence. When that movie ended, people came out of there Almost like, oh my God, I, 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 it scared the living daylights out of you. The scene with at the cemetery, it just left goosebumps on you. I mean, it was, it, but that, that was, that's a movie that was scary. When you get to these movies, again, they're not scary, at least to me, because they don't do much to me. But when you get to some of the ones where there's the torture, 
Nothing it's not scary. scary. It's just but a nerve. It's, 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 but it it it, yeah. it makes you queasy, because the 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 in these movies the deaths are, they're I don't want to say manufactured, but they're there every so often, and you look at him say, "Well, that was inventive," and I, I I'm glad I, that okay. wouldn't happen to me. But, okay, but you're also not supposed to. You're not investing any of your time caring about the characters. Right, they right. are they are car- they are caricatures right. of who they are. You don't spend any time getting into them, which is why when they die, you're like, ah, he's dead. Right, ah, exactly. He's dead. But that's the point. Because who the audience is not people who are going to see you're not going to go see Citizen Kane. You're here yeah. this is closer to Citizen Toxie. Like you're <laughs> right. literally are not here to see you're here to see people get slaughtered. And when they make movies where people are just getting kind of like getting chewed off and slaughtered and whatever. If if you made one of those today, people would would rip you apart for being you know misogynistic and all this other oh, stuff, yeah. right? Whatever. I think, but they don't make them, so now they have to make sure you have all these characters and everyone has to have a twist and a dark side and a whatever. It's like, okay, in 1982 you didn't need that, and the problem is is that that a lot of movies mimicked this and people immediately started lumping them all together. We have talked about movies on this show that have been lumped together for no good reason just because they happen to come out. Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original, has got a good story underneath it. Right. And a lot of people said, well, if you took out the Killer Santa Claus thing, you'd have a really good story. If you took out the Killer Santa Claus and Silent Night, Dead Night, no one would ever seen it. Why is that movie popular? Because it was banned from theaters. Yeah. Like You have to push envelopes. They knew full well, let's not push the envelope. Let's not make the bloodiest, goriest, disgustingest movies of all time. Let's have some some boobs, some you know, some right. good-looking teens. Someone's gonna you know do some dumb stuff. There's some there's some quote-unquote jokes in the movie, right? Whatever. And then let's just have them all get slaughtered at the end. The girl wins. Right. I mean, just saying. So, well, well, I think one of the one of the issues that I have with with the, with these movies is that they're so formulaic that no matter which one you watch. It, uh, uh, They're formulaic now. This is establishing no, 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 the no, no. formula. That, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. That, so again, you you asked me to watch a movie. Yeah, I know. I'm that's saying. forty years old. Yeah. And I'm I'm watching it with 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 with, with eyes that are forty years later than yeah, where I, I was back then. And to me, the every movie I've seen after that follows the same path. Yeah. Now, was this groundbreaking to some extent? Yes, because it's number three, but. The, the 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 premise had been set already, yeah. and did it did it make all that kind of money? Yeah, and I don't begrudge anybody making any money, uh, as long as it's not uh, it's not at somebody's Done, yeah, expense. Right, right, Done through legal means and stuff. Yeah. yeah, of course. So so from that point of view, this is and this also helped bring in those three D movies, and yeah. you realize as much as you might not like the three D effects here, think about Jaws three. And yeah. you say, man, the 3D effects in Friday the 13th Part 3 are way better than Jaws 3. But that's setting the bar kind of low. That's like saying, this movie's really good. You know, way better than Hereditary. Well, that's like saying, <laughs> it's better than having, you know, poked myself in both eyes with a poker. One would be an improvement. Anyway, um, so yeah, folks. So that about that that, that that's it for Friday the 13th Part 3. Um, obviously, we all know that Friday the 13th Part 4 uh, does not take place. It doesn't happen in 1983, but we're going to probably cover. We got to figure out the the timing for next year. We'll probably just stay on with them and keep going, um, even though it won't be the it'll only be the 39th anniversary, not the 40th anniversary. Anyway, for those of you who um, you know are interested, next up, uh, Mr. John LeMay and I are going to speak about Jaws: The Revenge um, and talk about 
it's a movie because it's a movie. Uh, that was what that was. But Dad and I will be back in September when we watch a movie called Cabin in the Woods. Yes, that movie is 10 years old. It is hard to believe that Thor and the doctor guy from ER are in a movie that's 10 years old at this point. But it is 10 years old. Um, and it's actually a great romp. Um, and... A fun time for those who have never seen it make sure you watch it beforehand because spoilers on that um when we spoil that movie it's not like you're gonna be able to go back and unknow those spoilers so that about does it for for us folks here um again if you have any feedback we, you know, did you see this in the movie theater we'd love to hear from you uh you know shoot us some feedback and we'll definitely read it in the show uh but like we say around here folks keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies this is tokyo once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which up until a few days ago was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters? Or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti. And search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Giaconetti. And you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?